All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, non-stop Leafs talk starts now. May the 4th be with you, my friends. And I should just say that I hate Star Wars, so I don't even know why I said that. But it is May the 4th, presented by Botano and Skip. It's a Thursday edition of Least Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosa with you. Rosie, are you a big Star Wars guy? No, and my kid said that this morning when I was dropping him off at hockey. And he's like, it's Star Wars Day, May the 4th. And I'm like, what is he talking about? So now that you've said that, I guess that is a thing, isn't it? You know what's tomorrow, my dude? May 5th. No, no, I don't. Sanco de Mayo. Get some tequila on this oh. show. Let's get some sponsorships going. That's the biggest day of the year, man. I remember a couple of years back, good friend of the program, Dave Panyota, the fourth period. We were in Columbus, and I vividly remember this because the Raptors were in the NBA Finals. But we were in Columbus. We like to go on roadies to Columbus. It's an epic time. And it was Boston and good Columbus city. in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we went to a couple games. It is a really good uh, city. And we just got destroyed on Sanco de Mayo. So I'll always remember that. Shadow Columbus. Is that bigger than uh, St. Patrick's Day? Not in, not in the state. St. Patty's got to be bigger than that. I've never been for a St. Patty's. We were actually, you and I were in Edmonton for St. Patty's um, back in March. Uh, I don't know if it's the same thing. I know it's pretty big, Sanco de Mayo um, in the States. And it was pretty epic, man. Like we had a patio at 11 o'clock and we didn't stop going until we passed out at 8 p.m. Yeah, I think that's the way to do her. I was in St. Patty's in Boston one day. It was pretty wild. It's just same in Toronto. I mean, oh, you're fucking yeah. pub crawling at yeah 11 a.m. No matter where you are, it's pretty big. I think St. Patty's is better. Let us know in the chat what's bigger. Well, I hope Thursday nights are good. Yes, and I like that. Uh, get the chat involved. Uh, send us your thoughts on St. Patty's, Cinco de Mayo, May the 4th, whatever you feel. Um, I hope Thursday night's good, man, because I'm going out to watch the game tonight on King Street West. Of course, uh, one of my favorite streets, as you all know here in the wonderful city of Toronto. And I hope it's vibrant, uh, very similar to Saturday when the Leafs dispose of the Tampa Bay Lightning in game six. But obviously we're hoping from a better effort 
for uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first and foremost, the last couple nights, my biggest question for you is who scores four goals tonight? Because a couple nights ago, it was Joe Pavelski. Last night, it was Leon Dreisettle. And dude, I have to have you break down one of the Dreisettle goals last night, man. This was unbelievable. And I think it was only fitting that he was tying or beating some Gretzky stat last night. Look at this. Like to get the point, to get the puck in that position in the playoffs. I mean, guess who wouldn't notice that there's a space to bank it off the back of the goaltender? This guy. I would be panicking and just finding a white jersey to just fling it at. And just it shows his awareness and his like his mind. Like it's just ridiculous. It's more impressive than a lot of things that people do. But like to just kind of notice that that's open and to make the shot and and you're still shooting like an absolute mean like. He just couldn't miss. He's so good. I don't. I was tweeting out like, I don't even know what I tweeted. But how do you have? How do you have all the first overall picks that you have? You get McDavid, and then after all that, Drysital comes along, and you get your hands on him. Like he, he is disgusting, and him and McDavid on the same team is like it's unbelievable, man. And they still don't win though. The goddamn Oilers. There's so many parallels between the. You know, the Leafs in the East and the Oilers in the West, uh, even these series that they've had um, first round were very similar the way they lost game one and just how they lose and the heartbreak, but then how bloody good they can be. I, I got a buddy that's across the street I coach with who's an Oilers fan and tons of Oilers fans around here. And there are some parallels in the Leafs Oilers saga, I feel. Well, even think back to the first round, right? Edmonton loses game one. The Leafs lose game exactly. one. Both teams wrapped up their respective series in game six. And something uh, certainly we're monitoring moving forward. We talked about it going into the second round, how uh, the lowest odds to win the Stanley Cup this year. And again, it's been 30 years since the Canadian team last hoisted Lord Stanley was Toronto one and Edmonton two. And obviously a lot of work ahead as the Leafs get set for game two tonight at Scotiabank Arena against the Florida Panthers. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button. Leave us a review wherever you're checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. If you're watching right now and are not subscribed, please subscribe at the Leafs Nation 401. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your, your podcast. So just search Leafs Morning Take. We'll be able to check us out. And don't forget to visit the LeafsNation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. I'll have a pregame up there in about 45 minutes from now. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns? You want to drop a line on Sanco de Mayo or May the 4th or St. Patrick's Day? Literally anything you want to talk about. Within reason, obviously, uh, send us a line and we'll get to it a bit later on in the show. But for now, no, no, there are the no boards. limits. There are no limits. No limits. No limits. Let's get over the boards, though. <laughs> Anything you want to talk about, including including Jay Rose, they'll actually get in the word series correctly for once. Please bring it our Let's way. Get weird. <laughs> oh, the grammar police came after me again. It's not series. Hey, is series is this plural. Was, you just put an apostrophe at the s. This was Sorry, very buddy. no. This is very respectful of me behind the scenes because you had said it a billion times. that, and, and I made this mistake, and the only reason why I knew it is because I made this mistake, and this is me not being grammar police. I made this mistake at the beginning of my NHL broadcasting career. I said series is in an update, and, and somebody's like, did you know series plural is still series? And I didn't know that, so I was just passing along the wealth of information I've accrued in my career to you, okay? So if you're talking about, if you're talking about the Boston... Florida series and the Toronto Tampa series, you, you say, so these two series are very interesting, blah, blah, right? Yes. Like no series is. All right. It's, it, it doesn't feels make funny. sense, I'm usually man. good at that shit, yeah. but I get it. I get it. I get it. Hey, we're it getting better every sense. day on this damn show. Uh, we're two meatheads doing a, pod, a hockey podcast together. Never lose sight of that. Okay, Rosie, uh, game two, some keys to victory. 
the first thing in bold I have is puck management. What'd you take from game one? Yeah, I mean, honestly, usually I think the defensive breakdowns are what uh, we talk about with this outfit, and that's definitely something to go off of. I mean, I know the video they broke down yesterday did not look ideal, and there was lots to be shown and lots to have wide eyes on with those players from some insider information. But um, mm -hmm. I feel like in the offensive zone is where they need to kind of take a different approach or a different look or forget about what they did in game one. Cause I mean, as many chances as they had and as many times they got robbed by a post or a knob or a, a huge Bobrovsky save, it seemed like they passed up just as many opportunities to bury. So, I mean, just that whatever you want to call it, killer instinct clutch um, or just simplify it bodies pucks to the net. I think we just need to funnel things at Bobber. And that seems to be, the way you solve a goalie who's hot is just fire everything in the kitchen sink at him and get bodies there. And I thought they were a little bit too cute in game one. And it could have been, it could have been two nothing for the Leafs instead of the other way around early had they been able to bury their chances. Yeah. Very cute. You're right. I think they tried to make that additional pass. And I say, I think it sort of set the tone for the entire game. It happened in the opening power play where they just won too many passes, get the puck on net. Again, Sergei Bobrovsky was really, really good in that game. But again, he is uh, ordinary at the best of times, and he is prone to letting a crappy goal or two. So just getting getting his grill for sure. The power play is another story, right? 0 for 1 in game 1. We talked about this going into this series, that Florida had surrendered 11 power play goals against the Boston Bruins. So I want to see them snap it around, but just be smart with it. And I think somebody, one of my followers on Twitter brought up a good point, that Mitch Marner needs to shoot the puck more. We saw it a couple times in that Tampa series. I think he, he keeps all the other PK guys, um, you know, honest by shooting the puck, right? Including the goalie. Yeah, he seems to be kind of set up as the disher a little bit. And, um, yeah. you know, I really, yeah, of course, if he wants, to, if he finds us time to fire the puck and quality chances, like sometimes if the peeper's not working, I mean, the power play is not hard, not easy. And I mean, people think it is and it's not. And you got to have skill and creativity and you got to be clicking. And I'm the last guy who should be, saying anything about a power play but I mean it, it's it's difficult when you work it around and pass up a decent chance just to take a shot from the top of the circle that fucking gets blocked it's it's frustrating but I mean they got some of the best players in the world out there and they just need to click they know what to do and if Mitch Marner finds an opportunity to bury one I mean I fully have faith in him pulling the trigger and you know it's just gotta you gotta solve this guy you want to solve him early and you want to get the momentum on your side and start to roll from there and i mean i think they for as many mistakes as i think they they had it what it was just singular little mistakes that cost them it wasn't like a team flub where nobody had anything and they started like shit and it's like who is this team it wasn't one of those losses where it's yeah. ugly it wasn't ugly um, so, I mean, you can have faith in that. And I mean, bounce back for game two, you just gotta, you just gotta start again. It's the playoffs. And if you lose one, you gotta have a short memory and the days come and go quickly. And those guys have, you know, they get their optional skate and they watch their video, they do their thing and they get their rest and they eat their food and they get ready to just put the hammer down again. So, you know, looking for a big start tonight again, which I didn't think they dropped the ball on, on game one, but, uh, you know, hopefully that big start that they can hopefully have leads to a lead and one that they can hold on to. How about from an intensity standpoint? I mentioned to you off air that I played beer league last night and at bits and pieces of game one, it felt that way. What did you see in terms of intensity? 
Yeah, like good intensity, fast as hell. Man, it was a fast game. It 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 was yeah. back and forth and they were buzzing both sides and they were hitting. And I, I just love it. I mean, I don't even think that penalty on uh I can't remember who it was first shift. It was a charging penalty. And uh it was like oh, come Bennett. on, was it Bennett, Sam Bennett or something? But um yeah. yeah, it's like, come on, that's a playoff hit. I mean, he's a shorter guy and he leaves his feet after contact. I even it's like I mean, I'll take the power play all day, of course, but it's like let the guys just fucking crush each other in the playoffs. It's great, it's awesome. And for the most part, there's been some big hits. I thought there was some big hits, but it's not hateful yet. It's not scrappy, it's not scrummy, it's not cheap, it's just uh it's just hard, which is you know, game one was a, a pretty good hockey game. It just wasn't on the winning end for the the Leafs nation and uh you know if the same thing happens in game one you know we come out and put our best stuff together we could crush it and you know tie this series up is what you got to do for sure we have some uh, lineup news for tonight and the whole card isn't out there but um Sheldon Keefe I believe spoke about 10 minutes ago Sam Lafferty is going to come in for Zach Aston Reese so the best of our knowledge as we have this okay. conversation again and all a lot of you are listening to us uh, after the fact, but that's as much as we know right now. What do you make of that? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I like it. Yeah, I, th I thought that Aston Reese, you know, he's been fine, but just kind of one of those guys that is replaceable, right? If you want to make a, a line change and nothing against him. And he was good down the stretch of the regular season and hasn't done a whole hell of a lot in the, in the playoffs that I've noticed. And when you need to make a change after a loss and you don't want to shake things up too much, um, I, I like a move like this. And, you know, the 11 and 7 thing is what I was wondering. Are they going to go to that? I mean, they won the series on that last time they did it. Um, I'm terrified that, to be honest, Justin Hall will end up in the lineup if they do that. Um, but if they do it and don't put Hall in the lineup, then I, I, I wouldn't mind that either. Is there any talk about that? I'm not sure yet. It seems like everything's pretty hush-hush in the playoffs. So this has been a tough conversation for me to bring up because I love the guy. But wh where do you stand on Mark Giordano? Um, I think Justin Hall obviously had his day throughout the season the last couple of years. And the writing seemed to be on the wall that the coaching staff figured it out. And they're like, we just can't do this. And then ultimately what they do, they beat the Tampa Bay Lightning. But I think the more and more you watch Giordano, I thought Lilligan struggled last game. He looks his age. And we've been talking about this throughout the year, right? How... I think it was paramount and important for this team to rest a guy like Mark Giordano down the stretch, but he he has not looked good in my opinion. So where do you stand on Mark Giordano? Is it time to maybe start contemplating a lineup change? Would you insulate him a bit better? Would you try to protect him? Do you go a bit more heavy on the top four? Has been really really good. He played fifteen oh nine in game one. Yeah, and I don't mind that number. I mean, you don't want a D-man in there playing 12 minutes, but 15 is a decent number. And I mean, I think Gio looks slower than he is out there. I didn't have a huge problem mm -hmm. with him. I mean, if I think I'm just like, if you get Gustafson in there, it's okay. I'm okay with it. But if you put Hull back in the lineup, he is, I just, he is 100% due for a bad goal against and you just can't freaking afford that man like he doesn't bring enough yeah. good to kind of almost guarantee a really bad goal against and 
Um, I know TJ Brody had one last game as well, but he, he has so much more upside than Hall. And I, I don't, again, I don't like to rag on guys personally and whatever, but it is what it yeah. is. And I just don't want to see Hall in the lineup. I think they're much better with him out. I don't think he's got his confidence right now. And you just, you just don't do that. And I don't think Gio has been bad enough to swap for Hall by any stretch. Um, if, I was missing something and he is, and he needs to come out then Gustafson I could live with for sure. Um, but like an 11 and seven, like what about that? I mean, it gets you, it allows you to insulate geo a little bit more if he is feeling tired or whatever the hell the problem is. And then, you know, you can get Gustafson in there and you can, you know, so someone's having a bad shift. You can work that out a little bit and finesse the pairings a little bit. And then, you know, whoever's buzzing on the forward side, you can mix him in there with, I'm guessing, you know, Lafferty and camp or what. So I like that. I like that idea. And they have, mm -hmm. they're so used to 11 and seven and they won the series with it. I, I, I have a, I'm kind of surprised there's not much more talk about that. I saw yesterday, and again, they really haven't divulged mu much uh, to this point outside of that conversation we just had. But maybe both of you and I are just a bit hornier than most people on Luke Shen. But he played 14-26 in game one, 15-09 for Giordano, and 17-03 for Lilligren. Yeah, so... How is Shen not know, up at 18 minutes? Well, again, it, it really, really depends on what's happening in the game. I, I totally understand yeah. that. but and, and maybe there's a sweet pocket or a sweet spot that they want for a guy like Luke Shen. But the way he's been playing, man, and the margin for error is so razor thin this time of year and the way Morgan Raleigh's playing, I find a way to have Luke Shen out there more than a Giordano right now or a Lilligren. That's just the way I feel. Like, I love those guys. Don't get me wrong. But I think this time of year, you have to go with the guys who are playing well. Yeah, I didn't look at the the numbers for those D-men after the first game. And to hear that, I would have thought Schenner would be higher for sure. And I mean, yeah. all anyone's talked about Luke Shen the whole playoffs is his solid play. And he can handle that puck. He can handle the speed. He can have enough patience to make the right play. He gets it on the tape and he doesn't have too many big breakdowns he really doesn't he is he is solid and reliable so why you don't give that guy 17 18 minutes especially if you have a guy or a pairing that's struggling that day i mean we're the only thing anyone said about geo is how he's looked his age and he's playing more than shenner and all anyone's saying is how awesome and reliable shenner is like those numbers don't make sense to me and hopefully they start to make sense here in in game two but uh if you're gonna make a move it would be 11 and 7 for me did you see this uh, father and daughter troll job? Um, it, it's been making spotlight and headlines in this country for the last 48 hours. It reminds me of that guy who had a dart in his mouth in Washington. Dart guy who's still living off the fame from that. But nonetheless, this father and daughter uh, duo are season ticket holders from Toronto. But weirdly enough, they're Montreal Canadiens fans. And so they've bonded by cheering for whoever plays against the Maple Leafs. You see on your screen the great story right there. And they've had a billion different interviews, whether it was TV or radio or, you know, written the last couple of days. What do you make of this whole thing? I just think it's a colossal waste of money. Maybe they have a moneyless pit, though. I think they're dicks is what I think. I thought at first, I'm like, I'm like they have some connection to Florida or something. I'm like, hey, they have their grandma lives in Florida and they used to live in Florida. Now they live in Toronto and they support both Florida teams. That's what I thought when I saw it at the beginning. And then it goes deeper and they have every freaking jersey. I'm like, you guys are just dicks. Like, they must love it. Like, especially in Toronto when things are going bad and you 
everyone like you suck the life out of the building when they get scored on or lose a lead or whatever it is and those guys are standing up cheering every time ah good for them they bond with each other and it's something they do that's fun but i think they're total dicks <laughs> Verville and uh, daughter danielle degusto and uh maybe they're looking ah. for their 15 minutes of fame although they've been doing it apparently all season long i just don't get it if you're a habs fan go to habs games and they're golfing right now and the leafs are not but um, who knows behind the scenes what's going on, how much money they make. Clearly, they have this money to A, have the seats, and B, to buy pretty much every jersey. Like, they even have a Yotes jersey. It's insane. Yeah, good for them. Shit. I, uh, it isn't cheap to do that, like you say, but um, mm -hmm. maybe it's their number one passion in life. Maybe they got a uh, trust fund who really gives a shit, but uh, they, uh, they, they seem to be doing it consistently where i thought it was just maybe a connection to florida so yeah i think if you like to do that you got to call yourself a dick and be proud of it and it looks like they are a real big dick and that's why i think you listen to least morning take for breakdowns like that from my astute co-host jay rosehill just being as blunt as possible being as candid as possible so make sure to check us out subscribe at the least nation 401 hammer that like button by the way we have seen a theme when people hammer that like button we get over, say, 100. The, the Leafs tend to win. So we want a Maple Leafs victory tonight. So make sure you subscribe. Hit that like button as well or or else. And you, you know what or else does mean. So uh, we don't want to get to that conversation. We don't want to get down that dark hallway down 2 nothing in this series with an extra day off between games coming up. Brought to you by our new friends over at Skip. We're happy to tell you about Mitch's Dishes by Skip using the promo code TLN15 on the Skip the Dishes app. You get $15 off when you spend $30 or more on Mitch's Dishes. That's TLN15, as you see on your screen. Please note that this offer is exclusive to Skip. Additionally, a portion of the proceeds will be donated to the Marner Assist Fund to combat food insecurity. Skip is currently serving up game-time eats across the GTA and Ontario in the likes of Brampton, Guelph, Kitchener, Toronto, Oshawa, and Waterloo, among other places. If Mitch likes it, it's got to be great. Did somebody say Skip? I love so... when Rosie whistles. Yeah. If what? you order, can you, I don't, I don't do skip the dishes, but you can probably get like, you know, not leave your couch during a hockey game and get a pizza to your house for 30 bucks. Probably. I don't just believe there's wheels. Off of that? There's no wheels with this promotion. So I actually did it uh, a month ago. I ordered just an insane amount of chicken wings and they're really, really good. I think I ordered like uh, 25 chicken wings or so, and I just put them back. It was like a Saturday night. You know, when you're hungover on a Saturday, I'm like, just fucking bury me, man. I just laid on my couch yes. and. I went at it, you know? <laughs> 15 bucks <laughs> off. Pretty good. I like it. I like it. I should try it. I'll see if they TLN, have it in my town. I don't even know. TLN, TLN 15. TLN 15. There you go. TLN 15 is our promo code. The Botano Wrap-Up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And yours truly is on a slump right now. I, I hate it, man. Of the four games we've seen in the first round thus far, Three have hit the over. The one that didn't was the Maple Leafs game who we tried to peg the other day. And then yesterday I was on New Jersey. That was before the Timo Meyer news came out. So he finished game seven. All of a sudden he couldn't play game one. And of course that stems from the Jacob Truba hit. But nonetheless, I give you the floor for today's betting play. Yeah, I think the first time I have missed this, and I don't play it every game or anything like that, but I just get a gut feeling and hammer this bet, and it's been unbelievable all through round one. And probably the only time I've missed it in the last quite a while was game one in the Leafs game uh, with a one nothing period. But that's what you're betting that doesn't happen. That's why it's minus 175 is that it's not going to be a one nothing period. And I just 
so much more often than not, especially with some high potency, you know, offense like these teams have got. I like taking the over one and a half first period, minus 175. So you sprinkle a little bit to get, you know, you got you to gotta bet 1750 to win 10 bucks. Not a bad deal. I think it's it's just, I would like to see the stat on it. I should know it, but uh, it's overwhelmingly hitting more often than it's not. I like it. And I mentioned going into this series, it was certainly one of the four that I was targeting the over and I'll stay consistent with that. And with that in mind, you look at the first period over. So I think you try to hammer it any way you can. And we do expect a response from the Maple Leafs tonight. As we get to the chat, um, TML asks, when is lineup announced? Well, it's an optional morning skate. So a couple guys were missing. As we mentioned a bit earlier on, that's the one bit of information we do have via social media and Twitter is Zach Aston Reese out and Sam Lafferty in. In terms of configuration, Again, the gamesmanship is at an all-time high. We talked about John Cooper in the first round. It's up there with Paul Maurice. You saw the picture the other night, him flashing the six for the amount of penalties to the refs. Like, that's pretty damn smart, man. Yeah, and uh, it'd be interesting to see tonight what happens because they were bitching about how often they're penalized, and they they have the stats to prove it. And does that mean that they're breaking more rules in other teams? I don't know. I haven't watched every one of their games, but uh, they definitely went down too early, and it it was a big uh, it was a big momentum killer and a momentum maker for them to kill both of them off. Right when they have a struggling PK, they're over penalized, and they've been you know the games they have lost has been directly related to the amount of penalties they take. And to kill those off, I think got them a ton of momentum. But the the penalties did continue, and we just couldn't quite get it done on the power play, not for a lack of chances. But um, then Maurice had to obviously, you know, let them know. And then he know, he mentioned it in the media afterwards too. So the NHL's aware. And I, I'm sure the ref tonight, the both of them will be aware. That, so I don't think we're going to get a plethora of penalties. I think it'll be quite even, to be honest with you, which it should be. And that's fine. But uh, yeah, the back and forth and the, the gamesmanship with the refs and the media and the lineups and all that shit is at an all-time high in the playoffs. All right. All-time high for sure, and you can't forget Paul Maurice used to coach in this market. He's coached in Winnipeg. He knows exactly what he's doing, and I just said uh, it wasn't gag signs, folks, that he was putting up. It was the amount of calls for penalties uh, there in game one. I thought that was pretty impressive stuff. A lot of people want to chime in on the uh, – yeah, I know. It was – yeah, it, it looked like a gang sign, but I was like, last time I checked <laughs> – um, so people chiming in on the uh, father-daughter duo that we just talked about, the ultimate troll job, as you see on your screen. Uh, Shooter McGavin, great name. He's a professional ticket scalper. TML, rich father and his daughter. James writes in, that's not a great story. That's a pair of saddles. I tend to agree with that. Uh, Chubbs right in, I wish I had their money. I definitely agree with that. Um, T-Max TV, couple of tools using Trudeau's legal gummies. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. No comment. Uh, PS17, he's a ticket broker, and those seats are paid for by his business. Who cares? There's going to be both sides of the ledger. I thought it was a funny story to bring on this show. Yeah, even more pointing towards them being dicks. That's fine with me. Yeah, that, 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 was, that was one of your better breakdowns of the season. You just said full-fledged they're dicks, and I, uh, I agree with that. Um, so, again, a lot of people writing in about Game 2 tonight. Um, just sort of bouncing back, playing a better consistent effort. We talked about this yesterday too, Rosie. Uh, the late goals are really, really killing this team, right? I think I counted six in the final three minutes of period so far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. 
Just talk talk to that being a former player and somebody who played professional hockey, just how crippling that is for a bench to surrender a late goal in a period. Yeah, there's not much more that pisses a coach off than in the last minute of any period to get scored on. And it doesn't matter what the score is. doesn't matter if you're winning or losing. You surrender a goal in the last minute, it pisses them off so bad. Usually they are verbalizing back there, last minute, last minute, and they'll they'll rig a lineup just to have that last minute, you know, be solid and, and not surrender anything else. You're not taking chances. The D aren't pinching, and you just you don't want to have the life sucked out of your bench right before you go into the locker room. And... It is a killer more more so than getting scored on early by a long shot. And they need to cut that out because it hurts and it stings and it's preventable. And it'll be interesting to see tonight if they've addressed it. I'm sure that has been on their mind lately. And who Keith puts out in the last minute of every period, I'll be kind of watching to see and, and what deep, deep pairing as well because whoever's the most solid that night is, uh, in my pick, needs to go out there, try to get the puck deep, just play dots in and uh, not allow that anymore. It's such a it's such a wind out of the sails feeling. It sucks and they have to quit it. I was going to ask too, and I, I really, really agree with you. Um, I was posed this question doing a couple hits around the country on uh, Wednesday and uh, Matt Cause on TSN Radio in Toronto brought up a good point that it seemed like Paul Maurice did an excellent job of finding time and space and room and a lineup matchup that made sense for Matthew Kachuk. Like if you notice, the Kachuk line was out against the fourth line quite a bit. Uh, are we reading too much into that? Like, what'd you see from the matchup standpoint? Do you think it's overrated this series? It's. It depends what you want. Like, wh what does Keith want? I mean, he's in the driver's seat. He's got the last change. So, like, if Keith wants his fourth line out there against them to kind of shut down or play a shadow game or, you know, you last thing you want is a very offensive-minded line against their best line a lot of the times, and you get caught once and you, and you pay, right? And, you know, the same goes for the other side. So it depends what you're looking for and whether Keith wants his fourth line out there as much. But if he doesn't and Maurice is, like, working him and getting his matchup on the road, that's kind of embarrassing for Keith. So I don't know what he's what is his... Uh, his strategy is, but you would hope that he's getting the majority of what he wants being as he has last change. So we'll see here tonight um, how much, if that continues or what, and and who's getting the best of who. But I think all lines need to be aware of number 19. He is, uh, he is on fire. And then, so you want to solve him, shut him down, and you want to solve Bobrovsky. Those are the two big things. I think if they do that, they win the game 100%. Um, just got to get it by Bobber. He killed us in game one and you got to shut down to Chuck. He killed us in game one too. You do those two things. I think you win the game. Mr. Pete Mill Bacon writes in Keith over coaches got to trust your players. I think the jury's still out in that and he finally got this team to the second round, but certainly it's all about adjustments this time here. So we'll see what they have in store for game two tonight, Rosie. We'll talk tomorrow, buddy. Yeah, I'm excited. Game two. It's fun to be in the second round, man. This is uh, eh, this is awesome. So yeah, we'll be watching and we will be live in the morning to break it down. They haven't won a second round playoff game in 19 years. And hopefully, and I mean hopefully, that changes tonight at Scotiabank Arena for game two. Again, many thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys were on fire today with some hot takes. Even saw some Jamie McCowan shout outs in there. Somebody wants to see McDavid on the Maple Leafs. So yeah, we're everywhere in this chat. And it's an exciting time of year for sure. Uh, for sure. Uh, many thanks to producer Alex and obviously my co-host Jay Rosell. I'm Nick Alberga. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Take care.